everybody, welcome back to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. I am Noah Hiles. And I'm Alex Storm. And Alex, season's over. It, yeah. Time to cancel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're not... What are, I haven't even looked at the standings because I, I'd like to think I'm semi-rational. Here, so let me pull them up. Let you're me not, pull it up. You're not I'm standings not, watching on April 2nd? We are in last... Or we're in fourth place. Yeah. We're in fourth place. The Cubbies are in last. But... Positive spin zone. We're two games at first. Yeah. Because we're three games into the year. But, you know, we said we're going to make this a weekly thing. You know, there's not much to talk about, but I feel like we got a little bit to talk about. And so far, I feel like this team is exactly what we expected it to be. Minus a couple of variables. We've seen great starting pitching. Mm-hmm. We've seen close games. And we've seen that they should have added more. And I think those are the three biggest takeaways, along with one guy and one aspect that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, I'm, we're going to be talking about the infield defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the what we expected. Uh, the one thing that has surprised me so far is Richard Rodriguez. That's the one guy. Yeah. Yeah, the one guy has been disappointing. It's Rich Rod. And, of course, yeah. it's an unbelievably small sample size. And mm-hmm. even yesterday, like, he gave up an... After the home run, okay, that happened, and then he gave up an infield single and an error, mm-hmm. and he was pulled. It's like, okay, well, that could have been a very different outing if he would have gotten those two outs, which probably should have been outs for both of them, yeah. either getting the infield single or Moran turning the double play. Yeah. And it's a completely different game that, okay, even if he gives up the two runs, we'd still be concerned about him, but the Pirates would be up 4-2 entering the eighth inning. Well, that's my thing is... When you talk about Rich Rod, if it was Felipe having these struggles, where he hasn't been great, but I thought he was fine no. yesterday. Yeah. I don't blame the, the ninth inning run on him at all. No. Um, no, because once again, error should have turned a double play. Yes. Okay, so he gave up one hit, but you know... Yeah, closer, like that, that should have never happened. Yeah, you don't, you don't get oh, well. to give them multiple opportunities to come after him, especially a team like the Cardinals, who's talented. Uh, but... If it was Vasquez, if it was Kella, if it was anyone else who'd been established already for multiple years, I wouldn't take this with a grain of salt. Felipe sucked last year on opening day. Yep. Um, but Rich Rod kind of worries me a little bit more simply because he came out of nowhere last year. Yeah. He sucked with Baltimore. He was awful. The Pirates were his last chance. I remember interviewing him, telling him, about his numbers that he really wasn't paying that close attention to, and he got emotional, and, like, basically after, he kind of told me, he was like, I never would have thought that, you know, after how last year went, that people would be interviewing me over something positive. And, like, wow, yeah. Like, it was a big shock for him. So, for him to struggle early on, I am starting to wonder, and I hope I'm wrong, and I know it's way too early, is this him coming back down to earth? Was last year just a a shooting star, a quick flash? I mean, you hope not. I yeah. mean, Rich Rod is kind of an interesting reliever because there are a lot of pitchers that use the fastball all over the zone, and that's why they're effective. I mm-hmm. think a good example is like Trevor Williams yes, and Joe Musgrove. Uh, Rich Rod doesn't do that. He goes for the high outside part of the plate. You know, there's just that corner up there. And those home run balls... 
he missed the glove that was up there, and they were both hit. And he never really misses his spot that much. No. He, seemed, he was pretty accurate last year. Or if he does miss the spot, it's out of the strike zone. away. Yeah. yeah. Where you're either going to get a chase, a foul ball, or just a regular ball. That's not that bad a miss. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm worried about him. But the nice thing is, when you're worried about an individual player, your seventh inning guy... That's not the worst thing in the world, especially when we've seen... I mean, Nick Birdie wasn't great in the home opener, uh, but we've seen good from him. Uh, the eighth inning he pitched against uh, Cincinnati was lights out, I thought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had a good spring. People are excited about him. So Nick Birdie can fill in if Rich Rod is a dud this year. And the, the problem then becomes who's going to be our fourth best reliever. And if that's the biggest worry for pitching on this team... Granted, we still haven't seen the three or or the four or five starters on the mound yet, but yeah. overall, I think we're going to be fine from the mound. So before we get into the big problem, let's cover a couple other bases real quick. Um, there weren't an all, uh, weren't a lot of new pirates at the home opener. Many familiar faces, but there were some new things at the concession stand. And our pal Alex Stump here. Yes. Uh, and myself, but Alex really tried the big one, the, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh cone. cone. So take us through what happened. How did you get yourself into this? Well, I was minding my own business one day. Yep. And I felt a note. I felt my phone vibrate, and I see the little at symbol, and it was from you. Oh yeah. Saying if this gets fifty retweets, uh, I'm gonna make Alex eat this. He hasn't agreed to it, but I'm gonna make him do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know so many people on Twitter just hated my colon, and they're like, yeah, I, yeah. I there were people Twitter. retweeting it saying, like, I don't know who Alex is, but I want him to eat this. Yeah, it's and like, I oh, great, I get none I of the glory. I sincerely hope they're listening. I don't know, I think it helped both of our brands. Yeah. Uh, the videos got some, some positive feedback, it looked like, got a lot of views, got a lot of likes. Yes. I'm sure your article you wrote about it will get a lot of quick clicks I hope. that uh, you didn't even give me a shout-out in. So I linked your... That, I could have been anybody. All right, all right. All right. No, no, no. I, I'm sure Buck's dugout knows all about how we have a podcast. If not, they're... They're going to now. Hopefully they're listening through the link that... Yeah, you... I was going to say, this is going to be linked to Buck's dugout on all right, Wednesday, so good. that should be good. Well, that should be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. It was... It was okay? It was I mean, okay? I mean, sauerkraut needs air quotes around it. It was just cabbage that was there to take up space. There wasn't a whole lot of kielbasa, which kind of disappointed me. It was like half a piece was worth. And you see in the video, I dropped a big chunk. I've zoomed in on it. It was... I gotta so say, my camera work in that video... Outstanding. I, I think I did very well. Yes, it was like watching Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it was just carried by the pierogies, and eh, I don't know. Some if you re- some dressing. If you really wanted to get one for your Instagram feed... Or, you know, just for the novelty of it, then, yeah, okay, nine bucks, it's not terrible. But if somebody said, yeah, I, I love the Pittsburgh Cone, I get one every time I go, I'm like, what is wrong you with you? Who hurts you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that's what kind of makes baseball special, is when you go to a different ballpark, you're looking to try things like that. You're yeah. looking for the Darren Rovell advertised food items to try, to try to get. And, of course, you have, like, the classic Pittsburgh things like Permanis. But my guess would be, like, if you're coming to Pittsburgh for a ball game, you're you're hitting up Permanis either before or after the game already. Mm-hmm. You're going up the incline, you're going to Permanis, and then you're at the ball game. Well, what's the weirdest thing Pittsburgh has at the thing? And that's going to be the Pittsburgh Cone. It's going to get a yeah. whole bunch of novelty um, purchases. People are going to try it. And then, uh, yeah, but, like, I, I don't see 
just be replacing peanuts and cracker jacks no. or hot dogs. I don't see the pirate parrot shooting out Pittsburgh cones out of a cannon. Oh, and, oh I mean, it was yeah, it didn't look great to me. Um, I thought they'd prepare it individually, but it's all kind of like in a crock pot together, and they kind of just scoop it in there like a legitimate yeah. ice cream cone. It was kind of gross. Uh, but I'm glad you ate it. I just ate a normal hamburger. I, it was advertised that the tots would be on the burger. They lied. Nonetheless, I still ate it. Decent burger. Uh, I might go back there again if I want a burger. But, yeah. So, overall, home opener reviews. Thoughts? And what a garbage game that was. It was a horrible game. And you know what? Through the first six innings, I thought it was going to be one to remember. Like, Archer was dealing... Mm-hmm. You had Moran again coming up big. And even after his home run in the eighth, you're like, okay, they close this out. Like, it's kind of like a, whew, you know. Like, last year, the final score, it was a one-run game, I believe. It, and they blew, yep. they almost blew a four-run lead last year on opening day. So, uh, it was it was what it was. It sucked. If I can say, get those weak-ass Chris Archer was the reason they lost because he only went five shutout inning takes out of here. We're going to bring that up later with a new yeah. segment we have. Um, All right. But, yeah, I just uh, I thought it was a great effort by Archer. I liked some of the stuff I saw. I mean, Bell, you're batting, batting him clean up, and I know RBIs are a stat that no one likes to give validity to anymore. But the guy drove in runs his first two times at the plate with runners in scoring position, which has been a little bit of a struggle for this team early on. So you'd like to see that from him. There were some good things. I, I I personally great home opener for me. Got a picture with Doc Emmerich. Yeah. I uh, got to watch. I got to force my co-host to eat something that he clearly did not want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to watch some baseball and uh, got to sit with Alex and hang out for like seven innings. And then I had to go do other stuff. But yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, good home opener. So now we are gonna move on. Normally uh, we'll have some interviews, but. For today, we just got to talk about the elephant in the room, which is coming up now. All right, Alex, so we hinted at pretty much everything that we could have from three games of baseball so far aside from the main one, which is the infield defense. It was a concern all of last year, and we knew that without Josh Harrison returning, I mean, we're not losing much infield defense with Mercer. No. But with, Jay Hay was a solid defender. Not last year, but over the Overall, course of his career. yes. Yeah. We knew that that would be an issue. Mm-hmm. We knew that power, we knew that scoring runs and infield defense would all be issues. The runs haven't been awful. I mean, they've scored enough runs, I feel like, aside from the opening day, but, like, op- the first game of the year, you never know what's gonna, what to expect offensively. But most of the... I, I feel like they've, they've got people on base. They've got some yep. hits. It's the defense that has been atrocious, and it's not just one guy. Well, I hate to single out one guy, but all off season, we heard that Eric Gonzalez, they were scouts... Banging on the tables, you know, they wanted his infield defense. Whenever you look like, if you wanted a defense first shortstop, why didn't you sign Jose Iglesias? And For what? What, a, what a, a minor league contract? A million dollars more? 
a couple, couple max, million couple more. Max. I mean, and if we were going to take that very literally, of if the Pirates had Jose Iglesias on this team, they would be three and zero right now. Yeah, or at least two because and one. he killed him opening day, and he makes that play in the ninth inning yesterday for sure. And that the Eric Gonzalez, Eric Gonzalez hurts because, uh, like I said on our show earlier, I believe it was last episode. I wanted, I thought it was important that this guy got off to a good start. Because yep. that shortstop, there were so many options. There were so many options that you could have went with. You could have went with a guy who could have bolstered your offense, or you could have got someone who made your defense a lot better. And either one would have been an option, or been a, been a better option, it seems, than settling for this guy who, I know we're three games in, but if you look at his whole career, just doesn't seem to be <laughs> capable of being an everyday big leaguer. No. Maybe maybe one day. Who knows? Who knows? Again, I hope, I really hope we listen back to this at the end of the year and we're laughing about Eric mm-hmm. Gonzalez and how well of a year he had and how he panicked early on. But, I mean, he just doesn't look like he belongs out there. No. Frazier doesn't look comfortable at second yet. I mean, Moran no. doesn't look comfortable anywhere. No, he, but he's never going to. No, and that's the thing. We're... Moran had a horrible game in the field on the home opener, but no one's going to remember that. You want to know why? It's because he had the best game offensively out of anyone. If you can produce offensively, people are going to overlook your shortcomings as a fielder. Yeah. Unless if A, you're a shortstop, or B, there were better options than you out there and they didn't pursue them. Oh, and I'm- Gonzalez has, he's not a good hitter. He's not producing early on, and uh, he doesn't show any signs of being able to do that. I mean, there does come a point where you know, the offense and defense, it's combined. How many runs do you save? How many runs do you create? Yeah. And there does come a tipping point where you could put you know, Cervelli out at shortstop, and yeah, he'd cost you a lot of runs, but will he produce more runs than Eric Gonzalez or Kevin Newman would you know, offensively, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying put Cervelli at shortstop, but it, it, it's a math equation. Yeah, if you look, if you want to look at it that way. And so far, we haven't seen Gonzalez hit. We haven't seen him field. I mean, I don't know how high this guy's upside is. I think all along it was a Jose Iglesias type, and I'm really going to get tired of saying that name this year. Or Freddie Galvis was or another Freddie Gal- one they always compared that him base to. running mistake. Oh my goodness, young that's Freddie another, Galvis right there. That's a, that's another one where I mean on a bunt. On a bunt. How do you make that mistake on a bunt? Because he thought the third baseman wasn't going to be going back, or no one was going to cover third because third baseman was coming in on the play. And if he would have made that play, it would have been like, wow, what a great turn. But he seemed to half commit to it, and whenever the Cardinals got a third baseman there, he was stuck in no man's land. And the play... Tough luck. Tough luck early on for him. <laughs> and then there was another play that ended up working out in the Pirates' favor, but uh, I can't remember what inning, but Cervelli threw a dime down in a stolen base attempt, and originally the call was... The runner, it was like the fifth. Fifth inning? Okay. Yeah. Fourth or fifth, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, like, the guy's safe because Frazier didn't lay the tag down. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Technically, he barely got a piece of him before he touched the bag. So, yeah, he was out. But it was a terrible tag. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those plays that it's like, oh, well, no, that ended up working out. But it shouldn't have. But like, it shouldn't have. It doesn't and then there was the, the play in Cincinnati where Frazier fell down trying to get the ball to second base. There was the mistake between him and Bell. This has just been 
three games of absolutely terrible yeah. infield defense. Yeah, and my question to you would be, how do you fix this? Is is there, I mean, to me as someone, I've never played baseball in, in college and obviously not professional, but I played fairly competitive baseball in high school, I'd like to think, and with like travel, and uh, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, compare myself to someone who is good enough to be a professional at this sport, but I, I noticed from when I played, even in Little League, I think anyone who played in Little League could even agree with this, the easiest thing to improve in your game as an all-around baseball player is fielding. It's easier to field a baseball than it is to hit a baseball. I... For some, it might come natural, to, more natural to than others. I get that. And some guys, their physical build might prohibit them from being stars in the field. Like, Josh Bell won't... I mean, he's just too bulky. Like, he's not fat, but, like, he's just thick and muscular, and he's not going to be able to have the range, necessarily, that some other guys are going to have uh, at the corner infield positions, or, you know, he was an outfielder beforehand. But when you are when you have that athletic build, and you have the instincts that are good enough to get you to the professional level, I refuse to just accept the fact that you show no improvements. Frazier knew all offseason that he would be the starting second baseman. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really come out and say it directly, but they pretty much did before the offseason even started. And then, knowing what team you're on, like, you look at the second basemen who were available, and we were hoping that they would maybe sign someone to play second base, but we all knew. And for him to not look like any different at all, what the hell were you doing? Josh Bell, this is your third year being a major league starter at first base. Why can you not throw a baseball? Why can you not catch a baseball at times? You know, why can you not field a baseball? It's, and it just blows my mind that, like, I understand that fielding, especially now with all the sabermetrics and the offense and the ball is in the field, the ball is in play as little as it's ever been. It's all walks, home runs, and strikeouts. But this goes to show that, like, fielding is super important still to this game. It is you throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. And that catch-the-ball part of the game is still very vital because when you suck at it, it makes the other two things a lot harder. It makes it harder on your pitchers because they can't trust you, and now they're pitching with a lot more pressure. And it makes it harder on your offense knowing, shit, we got to score more runs because our shortstop can't make routine plays. We can't turn a double play. Our first baseman decides to throw the ball in the left field every time he tries to throw it to second base. You know, this is a routine problem that I don't know how you fix it because clearly what they're doing right now is not enough. It's not correct. I don't know if you need a new coach. I don't know if you need a new approach. I don't know if they're simply not working at it enough, to be honest with you. But something has got to give. You know what the thing is? What? I don't think it's going to get better in 2019. No, I don't either. 2020, Why would it? 2020, they'll be, the left side of the infield will most likely be Tucker and Hayes. Now, that is a good defensive left side of your infield. I right can't there. even tell you, like, like I, you said that, and, like, <laughs> like I, I literally went, like, huh, like, genuine Like, genuine relief. relief, and that's something that I'm going to bring up later in the show. I don't want to get too much into it now, but it just drives me crazy because knowing this franchise, that, I feel like I'm not, this isn't a hot take saying this, 
they take forever to address obvious needs. And I think people are so pissed about this defense. I know it's only three games, but we know everyone here who watched the Pirates over the last however many years knows that this problem will not go away until they're not going to address it until it's way overdue. They're not going to make a move. They're not going to switch things around. It's not going to be fixed. They're just going to keep slapping duct tape on it and doing the same old crap that they've been doing, and it's not going to get improved. And that's what's so frustrating because what they're doing now, what they think they're doing right, it has not worked defensively in the infield, and they need to switch it up before it continues to dig them into a hole, before it's too late. 2013, how did this team go from 20 years of losing to... Shifts. Flips, shifts in infield defense. And Andrew McCutcheon. Well, yes, but especially they had catch in twenty. They had catch in twenty twelve. That was the big difference in twenty thirteen. Yes, they emphasized infield defense, and the way to do it was the shifts. Yes, and look, it's been three games. I'm not going to say the shifts are bad or whatever, but the shifts haven't been as effective the last couple of years because the defenders that they've had Stink. to do them have not were not as good at. As they were in 2013, there is no Clint Barmas on this team. There is Neil Walker. Neil Walker was a, a serviceable average. defensive yes. second baseman. Even Pedro Alvarez. I know people love to make the comparison between Pedro Alvarez at third base and Josh Bell at first base. No, but Pedro, but Pedro was a vacuum. He just couldn't throw. Yes, <laughs> he yeah, never like, got nothing ever got past value. Him. Pedro was a far, far better defensive third baseman well, like, than Josh Bell was at first base. You look at the errors of the the plays that Moran missed. Yesterday, mm-hmm. well, I guess two days ago, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, Pedro made all of those. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't guarantee where the hell the ball's going when he throws it. But they needed Pedro, the protective netting yes. back whenever Pedro was playing. For back real, today. like I remember that being a jet, or like a legitimate concern. The one time we got like baseline boxes, like from yeah. my, my my I forget I was with my dad or my mom or somebody. They were like, "Is Alvarez playing third today?" Because like it was like 2014 when he was in the middle of his big yips. And uh, we were all kind of like, oh, well, let's just keep our heads on a swivel. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just mind-boggling how how bad it's gotten, and very rarely are things as exaggerated. Or you know, Twitter has become such a like a like an extremist, a place for extremists. Yeah. Uh, and you think like, oh, nothing's really as good as it is advertised on Twitter, or as bad as it advertised on Twitter, and we're going to rip Pirates Twitter here in a little bit, but, I mean, the infield defense is as bad as all the gifts, as all the memes, as all the the people who claim to be baseball experts but will never see in the press box. Their takes are right on this, because it is bad. And we've got 159 more games of it. Yep. My God. And, uh, yeah, and there's there's really... It's 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 really coming down to. I don't want to just like throw the idea of making a trade out the window early. We've already seen two big trades happen in the first week of the season with Morales going to the Athletics, and now uh, today the Giants get Kevin Pillar. Yeah. So and I mean they're not household names. If I called my grandma up and asked her who they were, they she wouldn't know. But um, those are guys that can make the team better, and there's got to be someone. There has got to be someone out there. Hell, if Denny Hetcheverria didn't make the Mets, I mean, I know it's like he comes back in and some people might yeah, roll their yeah. eyes. I, I don't think that's a... Who says he can't come home? <laughs> I mean... I, I Victory tour? I, I don't know. After one 
almost whole glorious August last year. <laughs> he was good in the field, man. He didn't hit bad for us either. He was the only one for a while, that stretch where no one was getting hits, and a Denny hit your Oh, I was... forgot about that stretch. Yep. Oh, that was miserable. All right, so you want to just move on to segments? Got any final thoughts on the defense? Let's get to the segments. All right. Guys, this is big. This is what we used to call our favorite part of the show, and they're coming back now. All right, Alex, after a long off-season, it is finally time for some segments. Finally. Per your request, I will go first. All right. And we always started off with buy, sell, trade. So I'll go first. I am buying Keone Kella as the fireman. Everyone likes to talk about how uh, don't, don't look at saves and don't use your best reliever in the ninth inning. You, you use them in the best situation. To me, the best reliever on this team depends on the day. I think that's I, I think people really undersell. I know Vasquez is a freak of nature, but I think Kella is just as good. Maybe not like as far as stuff and everything, but I, I am a hundred percent fine with keeping Felipe in the ninth and using Kella as the fireman. They brought him in, what was it, in the sixth? Seventh. Seventh. With, seventh yesterday. Yeah, yeah, with no outs and the bases loaded, and he pretty much danced out of it nearly unscathed. There was the he he allowed the sack fly, I believe. And he that's walked about, better. Oh, he walked was that the Oh yeah, it was a he walk walked, and yeah. then the fly out and then two strikeouts. But aside from that, you know, Kella's been awesome to me. He finished off their game against the Reds uh on Sunday. I like him. I like him in this role. I think he is someone that has that war mentality. I mean, Felipe likes to call himself Nightmare, but let's be honest. I mean, the guy is just, he's, he's nice. You know, I want a freaking junkyard dog, a, 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 a mean SOB out there, and when it's crunch time, and Kella is that dude, and I'm all for him going out there, going to war, and getting the job done in the toughest of spots. You agree with that? Yeah. You buying that? Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that. All right, I am selling the sellout crowd. And I see. And before we get too far into this, I want to say I see this from both sides. I have some of my best friends work in sales for sports teams. None of them for the Pirates. I know people that have worked for the Pirates and actually stopped because it's tough to sell tickets, quite frankly. They said, you know, I, I need to go somewhere else. Um... But I see, I know people who are young in their 20s and their first job in sports is doing sales for sports teams. And I sympathize with people who work in markets that are hard to sell for. They tell you that as I was a sport business minor. Mount Union has an incredible sports business program. They'll get you a sales job like that. And they tell you, go to a market where you're going to be challenged. It makes you a better salesman. And I do want to recognize the fact that the sales team for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I am sure they busted their ass yeah. to get as many people into that stadium as possible. They cut deals. They made group things. They did whatever they could to make sure that stadium on opening day, at least on paper, said it was a sellout. And to them, congratulations. I am not ripping them when I say this. Yeah. 
that game was not sold out. No, it, on paper it wasn't, but that as someone who's been to every opening day since I was ten, there were more people at opening day in the the John Russell era than there were yesterday, and that's not a hot take. That's not a hot take. When I was growing up, pirate opening day tickets were always at least seventy, eighty bucks on third party markets. Like, like StubHub or SeatGeek, and you're welcome for the free plug. Uh, but, and that was like my, our thing. They would always sell out the first day tickets went on the sale. And then they got good, and it was like almost $100 for a ticket like that. And, you know, you could, you could get them early, or you could make a deal, or if you knew someone. We always found our way into the ballpark. But you could have got a ticket on SeatGeek last night to go to the game for like $39. Yeah. There is empathy. In the city for this team, and it shows when they're trying so hard to ignore the fact that people do not want to go see this team play. The organization refuses to admit that people are not interested in their product right now. And it's directly because of the organization's actions as to why people are not interested in it. Yeah, and like I said, we cannot stress enough that this is nothing against the people who work in sales, because... <laughs> or on the business side of the Pirates in general. Anything to yeah. do with, you know, marketing, and I think all of that stuff is great. We understand that, you know, you've got to do everything you got to do. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a prominent member of the Pittsburgh media who ripped for the, that that wasn't a sellout crowd and someone who worked in sales yeah that's, i did see this and yes. he's like well maybe you should work for one of the other two teams they do a good job selling tickets it's like what a jag off well i mean and that's the thing where but it was a one, sellout and this is probably good. i don't think either of those franchises if we're getting down to brass tacks and i'm not taking either side on that because i don't know the person he was arguing with and i do know the person that was causing the argument and uh unlike a lot of people in the media i try i, I just choose not to pick a battle against Anyone, really. Um, and uh, But I will say, like, those two teams don't even have sales staff. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the Penguins have a venue sales staff that will try to sell anything to the venue, but both of those teams have sold out pretty much every game for the last decade. Continue. Yeah. And the counterpoint would be, I have been to Penguins games where it was... I haven't been to one since they won the Stanley Cups, but I went to a couple in between those pockets of Stanley Cups, especially towards the back end. Where it was like, okay, this is a good team, but prices they've outpriced themselves from most fans. And like there 20, were some, 2011, 2012, like yeah, those. Yeah. yeah, there were some quote-unquote sellouts where it's like, no, it wasn't. But they, where they sell 5,000 student rush tickets. There's, it's like, well, there's hey. a difference between like a regular season Wednesday night game and a home opener. Yes, and yes, I and that's why the that. parts... I'm sure flubbed it a little bit for the home opener because yeah. they realize if this is going to be the same thing as last year, this is probably going to be their best chance at having a sellout. And but my my thing about it is, I remember last year I was producing the KDK Morning News, and we had Coonley on the week before opening day, and they were asking him different questions about the team, and then they asked him about tickets for opening day, and his first thing to talk about was. Yeah, we have standing room only tickets. They just went on sale today. And then John Shumway's question was, well, there, are there still seats for sale? And he was like, yeah, you know, there are a couple ones or whatever. And he sounded like pissed that Shumway asked that question. But in reality, I think if the Pirates were just a lot more 
realistic and open about to what the situation really is, instead of trying to pretend to be something that they're not, people would actually respect them a bit more. If they would just say, look, yeah, we're not sold out. Buy our tickets. Come here. If they would just lower the prices more, if food was cheaper, if they realized that you... That's a big one. Yeah. If they if they realized, you know, not everyone has $9 for a Pittsburgh cone. <laughs> it I was mean, $11.25. They, they've got to do something. Cents. They've got to do something. If you're not going to use your money to create a product that is going to draw in fans, and they think they've done that, but... And people can argue that they've spent their money on names and they've allocated it towards different coaching staffs or, you know, programs in the Dominican or whatever it is. Case in point, people aren't satisfied with the product that you have out on the field. It might even win you 82 games. It might win you more than that this year. That's not going to bring more people into the seats. It's either going to be wins, which we can't predict right now, or it's going to have to be other things. So you're going to have to step your game up and give out more bobbleheads. You're going to have to give out better things to do, that kind of thing. You're going to have to make the food cheaper. You're going to have to make the tickets cheaper. You're going to have to do something. And you're going to have to quit pretending that you have sellouts and telling the media, today's attendance, 37,000, when we're up high and all the sections close to us in the press box are half empty. It's just how it is. And quit quit trying to pretend that you're not suffering from your owner being cheap. Because you are. You're suffering on the field, and you're suffering on the bottom line. Yep. And eventually, the latter of that statement I just made is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Because they, they, I, I, Nutting clearly doesn't care, care about what's on the field, but he does care about his return. And when he sees, eventually, that he's not making as much money as he can, hopefully he sells the team. I mean, but I'm not. This isn't going to turn into a nutting sell the team rant. I no. promise. But that's hopefully. Back, He's still collecting checks. It doesn't really matter. Back to the concessions, real fast. It, uh, whenever we were passing the Pittsburgh cone, it was eleven dollars and twenty five cents for a shot of Jim Beam. And I'm a whiskey guy, and I'm like, I'll, I could get a bottle for twice that amount. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? You could get a you could get a, a little mini one like a, those glass flask ones you get behind the counter. Mm-hmm. At a liquor store. Oh yeah, for, you can get those for like I think they're like nine dollars. Uh, not even. Yeah, so much less. Yeah, which is the same shame. And but unfortunately, the thing about the sellout crowd is it, it looks good, but in the grand scheme of things, if Nutting has the choice between selling twenty thousand tickets for an average price of let's just say eighty dollars, or if he has a choice of selling thirty five thousand tickets for an average price of forty dollars. He is going to choose the twenty thousand dollars. That's the way. That's the way. Basically, late stage capitalism works. That we are going to price ourselves out. For, uh, our product is going to be priced out for a lot of people to enjoy it. If it means we can make more money, if in we the can end. make more money in the end, that's why you don't have. That's why they don't sell two dollar hamburgers or three dollar hamburgers like Atlanta does that's because they feel not- like you know what. If we sell one third as many ten dollar hamburgers, we've made more money. That's why the the bleacher seats aren't nine dollars like they were when we were kids. Yeah, you know, and and baseball is still the common the, man's game more yes, than any other. You could still go to a game. A family of four could buy four tickets for about fifty bucks. You can still have a day of it because there you've are eighty one games well, at eighty one games in a season, and it's not like the NFL where there are. 
eight regular season games, two preseason, and maybe you'll get a home playoff game. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why the prices are so high. There is still a lot of supply for it, but the demand is dwindling, and I think it's not going to change. I mean... You've got to do something. You've got to do something. Ticket sales are second the TV market. That's where they should really be concerned, that the ratings have not improved Mm -hmm. as much as they need to. Absolutely. And so that was our rant on my cell. And so, then yes. trade, I'll just keep it simple. Trade trade for a better infielder. Trade, do something. All right. I mean, how, how much longer are we going to, we're really going to do this until June. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. We're really going to do this till June until something either breaks or it just gets to the point where, like, they just can't fake it like it's okay anymore. But trade for a better infielder. Give me your buy-sell trade real quick. All right. I'm buying Nick Birdie strikeouts. Hell yeah. I, I like the guy. I think he might be the second best strikeout pitcher in the bullpen right now behind Vasquez. Okay. Which, I mean, considering Rich Rod was all strikeouts last year, I think that's a pretty strong yeah. statement. Uh, selling. I'm selling the seventh inning. Yep. I'm done with it. I don't want any more seventh innings. Yep. It's just good. I have a terrible feeling in my gut that this is going to be a theme this year. Take me out to the ball game is going to give you PTSD. Yes. And uh, trade. I'm trading... The $9 that I spent for the Pittsburgh Conan, I'm just going to go to Manny's Barbecue from now on. You said you've never been there. I've been to Manny's Barbecue. Uh, maybe that was someone else I was talking about. I hadn't been to the pizza place that you like. Slice on Broadway, that yeah. was it. Yeah, I haven't been there. We'll go there sometime, you and I. I um, just buy more Manny's Barbecue instead of the Pittsburgh Manny's Conan. Manny's Barbecue. Instagram, Instagram the Pittsburgh Cone once if you want it, but go say hi to Manny. Ma- <laughs> Pittsburgh Barbecue is the girl... You take back to your apartment. Manny's Barbecue. Or yeah, Pittsburgh Cone is the girl you take back to your apartment. Manny's Barbecue is the girl you take back to mom. <laughs> Maybe you take Manny to mom. I'll I, show, t- I would probably take Manny to mom. Uh, probably, yeah, probably let her wear the World Series ring. Um, I, I really left this out because uh, I was hoping you would say it for buy. I think we both also could agree that uh, buying Colin Moran on a home, the home opener. Oh, yeah. Uh, just convince him every single day. Groundhog Day him. Just keep keep the pennants, or the, the bunnings thing, or whatever. The bunting. What is it called? The red, white, and blue circles? The, the batting circles? No, no. The, the, the decoration things that hang on the railings. Oh, the bunting. Is I, that bunting? I don't know. That, that's There's no bunting in baseball. Never bunt. I, I'm a, I was a big bunter. Um, but, yeah. Do that. Try to convince him that uh, it's opening day. Okay. Uh, former Pirate of the Week. We've got a lot to choose from. I'd probably give it to Austin Meadows. Yeah, I, I think I'd go with Meadows, too. But shout-out to Kutch. Home run on his first swing. Yep. In Philadelphia. Gotta love that. Cool. And Neil Walker. Neil Walker did it, too? He had a home run in his first okay, bat with the Marlins. It, it wasn't... Was it? Yes. Okay. It was on opening day. He pinch it. Okay. Home run. He wasn't starting. It was like... A, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But That's hey, fun. we could have had him. That's all I gotta say. Neil Walker is not an upgrade. Could have had him anymore. <laughs> all right, so uh, two more really before we end it. Um, sink or float. The Pirates should call up Kibrian Hayes for his defense right sink, now. Sink, no, sink, sink, sink. No, if 2019, if we were looking at this team in JMO and Trevor and Archer and Marte and Polanco were all leaving at the end of the year, I'd be like, hell yeah, you gotta. Empty the barrel. You gotta go for it now. But no, this team will be around in 2020. Don't rush the kid. Let him be. Let him get a little time in AAA. Ask me again in June. Okay. Ask me again I, in I June. I don't mind that idea too because I think AAA. next year, next year they gotta spend money, right? 
Uh, that that and um, that plus, I think that there are going to be teams in our division. I think our division will be a lot weaker next year. That I'll agree with. Uh, the Reds are going to be worse. I think the Cubs will be worse, and I think the uh, Brewers will be. I think the Cardinals will still be around. Cardinals will still be around, but even then, I mean, Carpenter and Goldie will be a year older. And yeah. Yachty. Yeah. Whatever that guy decides to leave. Well, he'll be he'll be their third baseman by then. So. Yes, that was uh, his first appearance at third base. That was cool. And all of Cardinals Twitter is like, he's a Hall of Fame third baseman. All right, and you said Cardinals Twitter, so we're going to end with our new segment. It's called Relax Pirates Twitter. I'd like to think we're pretty prominent members of Pirates Twitter, you and I. We're we're in the mud with the common folk, uh, but yeah. we also have you know. A, a it good depends s- on what your definition of prominent is. I mean, we're not like Bill Brink or Stephen Nesbitt or Nubias Wilburn or whatever. Like all the Post Gazette people, or we're not John Parado. Like we're not breaking news. But I think I, I, I think the hardcore Pirates fans on Twitter know who we are. Yeah. Okay. They might not all listen to this podcast, but I'd like to think that a good bit of them do. Um, and Pirates Twitter can be a frustrating place sometimes. I think it's, there's not a lot of middle ground. There's a lot of old men yelling at Cloud. This team sucks. They're never going to do anything when Nutting owns it. They'll never have an MVP under Bob Nutting. They'll never make the playoffs under Bob Nutting. They'll never have multiple All-Stars under Bob Nutting. All things that have already been accomplished. Uh, but, um, but, or you have the others that will just blindly defend the team Regardless, they'll convince you that their payroll is actually, you know, if you crunch the numbers, it's actually 7% higher than it should be or whatever. You know, like, there's there's not a lot of middle ground. But we're already wiling this year. 2019, we are already wiling on the Twitter. The Archer takes, let's just relax. They're bad. They're bad They're takes, bad. and you should, you should feel bad. Like, I'm... I'm pretty pretty relaxed usually on these types of things. Yes. Get that weak ass take out of my face. If you think that going 6-2 is somehow better than like 5-0. Yeah. Especially with a team that's built around its bullpen. That's what we've been sold. Yeah. Five shutout innings should be fine. Uh the just just all of it really. I mean, there've just been it's just been a lot. It's just been a lot early on. We're already in mid-season form. The people getting pissed. I like Nate Warner had a great tweet on opening day. Shout out to Nate Warner. Uh, pretty good writer. I enjoy reading his stuff. Yes, he's, he's been on the show. Friend of, yeah, friend of the program. He'll come back. On. Um, he had a tweet. He goes pirates Twitter complaining about Marte missing the first of 162 games from a legit legitimate medical issue. Complaining about it. Mm-hmm. is peak Pirates Twitter. Like, you, you gotta be kidding. Mark J already up with this bullshit. It's like, dude, he had a freaking migraine. Yeah. I mean, it is classic Marte that, like, some... Like, it does, like... If it was anyone else, it would be it would be different. But, like, Marte, it's always some bullshit you always feel like. But, <laughs> but like, it is, like... In the grand scheme of things, once you get over, like, you've gotta be kidding me. But yeah, it I is, like, it's one of 162 games. Let's just relax. It's just a migraine. Best thing for migraines, though, is very bright lights. Uh, loud, loud noises. Crowds, yes. Having to be very meticulous with everything you do. Focusing on a little object going 90 to 100 miles an hour toward you mm-hmm. or near you. You know, concentrating on that. Probably speaking different languages would probably be easy on your brain, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. JB Shuck. 
JB Shuck is the <laughs> is the migraine cure, baby. To to at least Marte to fans, I don't think it's really helping anything. No. Uh, but Pirates Twitter, relax. It's gonna be okay. It might not be okay. It, 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 I can't promise it's gonna be it, okay. It, but it's gonna be okay. Um, somewhere in your life, it will be okay. If the Pirates are all you have to live for, well, you know, this podcast won't go away. No. We could tell you that. Everything else, I don't know. But I would like to imagine that no one, no one just has the Pirates in life. If you do, then, you know, hit us up. We'll try to get you some other interests. But the Pirates, it's a long season. There's going to be a lot more ugly losses. But you guess, guess what? There's going to be a lot more fun wins. Every team is going to lose a third of their games. They're going to win a third of their games. And it's that last third that's going to dictate how well it is, how well the season goes. And that's the fun of baseball. We're going to figure out, are we going to have more of Monday? Or are we going to have more of Sunday? And we've got 159 games more to find out which one we're going to get more of. And you're going to have this podcast to break it down every single time. Alex, any final thoughts? No, I, it's glad to be, I'm glad that we're back to weekly. We really are. We're back, baby. I feel like we're clicking on all cylinders. Yes. You know, you're behind the plate. I'm not shaking you off. I know you're my, you're my trusty catcher. I know whatever sign you put down, I, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it. I'm going all in. You laughing there? A little. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Noah underscore Hiles 95 at Alex J. Stump. Follow us on Twitter as well for our podcast, which we haven't tweeted from since like September last year. We should probably do that again. Do you yes. remember the Twitter login for that? No, I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna have to bump it off Jason. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, be sure to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast platform. Leave us some comments. Leave us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Share us. Tell your friends. Uh, we want to continue to grow this. We want to continue to build our audience, and we want to continue to engage our audience. We always say, if you're at a game and you want to meet us, shoot us a tweet. If we're there, we'll come down and we'll talk with you for a little bit. At least I will. Alex, I don't know. Alex is actually a really big jerk in real life. Yes. Um, I am horrible. And we always sign off saying... Uh, At the end of these episodes, let's go Bucks.